Most Wanted by Tempest Productions, written by Bibi Berkey, performed by Mark Lingwood and Bibi Berkey. Hello, this is Detective Inspector Brian Stapler. You've reached Crimeline. How can you help us? How can I help you? Oh, I like that. That's very good. Was there something? Just before we start, can I ask, are we actually on the telly now, as we speak? We are. Which one are you? I'd love to know. Perhaps if you gave me a wave, then I'd know who you are and we'd connect a bit better. You want me to wave to you? Is that not allowed? I'm not waving on national television. I know, just pull at your left ear. I just want to know who you are. I do think it's important when one is divulging serious information about criminal activity. It will put me at my ease. Hey, there you are. Wonderful. You're actually the only man on the switchboard. You could have just told me that. Can you tell me to which crime you're purporting to be calling on? Goodness, that's a convoluted sentence. You police officers have the most extraordinary syntax. Warren says they train you to speak that way. I I told him that was unworkable. Turns out he was just being facetious. I'm going to have to put the phone down on you. I think you mean pertaining to rather than purporting to. I'm going to have to put the phone down on you. Hello, thank you for calling Crimeline. How can you help us? I asked your colleague to pass me over to you, seeing as we've already built up a rapport. I remembered your name, Brian Stapler. You're going to laugh at this but I know a Kevin Penn. And I used to work with someone called Carl Blotter. Put you three together and you've got a whole desk set. What's your name? Me? I'm Marie. But I've got no titular desk set connections, I'm afraid. Marie, this is officially wasting police time. It's a crime in itself. I could have you cautioned. Goodness, really? You see, I thought it was important for you people to build some kind of relationship with your informant. It's a bloody two-minute phone call to a showbiz police hotline. What kind of relationship were you expecting? Well, I, th- I thought you'd like to woo the information out of me. Enjoy the chase. What crime is your call purporting, p- pertaining to? Oh, so we're getting straight down to business. Straight down to business would have been about ten minutes ago. I can hear you're stressed, Brian. Are you stressed? I'm not stressed. No. I think you are. Why are you calling Crimeline? Oh, and just a minute. Warren's turning the telly off. What's he playing at? I'll be right back. Don't pick up the phone to anyone else. Hello? Is it you? It is. Warren said he wanted to see if anything had hatched on Springwatch. I told him it was all about badges tonight, and that just means a lot of rustling and a blank screen. For the last time? Clive James Spencer. Who? He's on your board of criminals at large. You've asked for people to call in if any of them ring a bell. And you know this Clive James Spencer? Now, bear with me. Oh, God. We're getting to the nub of things. Just tell me. I used to go to school with a boy called Clive Spencer. I've no idea about his middle name. Might well have been James. There, I told you I'd be of use. I've always wanted to call into crime line and do my bits. Right. So, looking at the picture of Clive Spencer, does he look like the person you are thinking of? Well, the Clive Spencer in the picture is a lot older, of course. Any resemblance? Not much. Do you think it could be a different Clive Spencer? Listen to this. It's a hunch, mind, but it's got legs. Your presenter said that Clive Spencer goes under several aliases. Vic Lacey, Harry Makepeace, George Forbes, among others. (sighs) 
Lacey, Makepeace, Forbes, mean anything to you? Hello? Clive Spencer was absolutely mad on women TV detectives when he was at school. Totally hooked on them. I can't believe I'm listening to this. No, no, but think about it. If he's going to use aliases, then those are exactly the ones he's going to go for. Don't tell me you've forgotten Jill Gascoigne as Detective Inspector Maggie Forbes. The gentle sex. The gentle touch. Touch, touch, of course. Idiot. It doesn't take away from my point. The aliases. The childhood obsession. Are you still there? Please tell me we're not having this conversation. It's not befitting my rank. You do seem a little senior, I'll be honest. Someone of my rank wouldn't normally be here. They made me do it. As a... Punishment. No. I'd have thought going on telly was a reward. I imagined you all queuing up for a go. Two weeks ago, I was still a figure commanding respect. And then I go and tell a female colleague that the new cut of the uniform suits her. I told her she looked very nice in it. And she went and took it higher and I got hauled up. You got hauled up for that? Making comments of a threatening sexual nature. I got a warning. Brian, that's appalling. May I ask how old she is? 48. Well, I'm very surprised. Usually a tailored skirt looks ghastly on an older physique. Something loose and falling away from the hips is much more forgiving. But you say it suited her. She looked wonderful. She always does in regulation clothing. Oh dear. A little detective work on my part suggests that you're quite fond of this colleague. I didn't think I was saying anything wrong by it. I don't think you were either. I mean, everything you say gets misappropriated these days. Bless you, misconstrued. Who'd be a man? Well, Warren should have a stab at it one of these days. She's always enjoyed a joke in the past. Outside work, she's a she's a different person. Drinking pints, laughing like a drone. Once she's in uniform, she's untouchable. Cold. Marie, oh, she's cold. Oh, Brian, that really does sadden me. How are you supposed to know where you stand? I'm falling apart. No, you're not. I just don't believe in any of this anymore. I'm weak inside soft. I was brought up to be a proper man, a man who can compliment a woman without getting his buttocks sanctioned. Beautifully put. Part of me wants to stand up here and now on national television and tell them what I think of their so-called harassment procedures. I want to bear my chest. Let the world see that, that my heart beats like what the heart of any man beats like. It's just a very, very difficult age. I'm past it. I'm a dinosaur. Well, if you are, we all are. The trouble is, there are no shoulders to cry on at our age. We're supposed to supply the shoulders. It's very hard for men, Brian. Who can they unburden to? Warren is very fragile right now. And Clive Spencer's taken leave of his senses. Who? Clive Spencer, on your most wanted list. I mean, what on earth has led him to this life of crime? And robbing a post office is totally out of character. If my memory serves me correctly, he used to collect stamps. She's there now, if you look. She's just walking into shot at the back. Oh, that handsome woman with the top knot. She's doing it to torture me. I'll tell you this. She wears a tailored skirt very well indeed. You were bang on. She's coming towards me with her clipboard. Oh, God. Why me? What does she want with you? She's asking us all for any leads. You see... This is how they democratise the police force. Bureaucratise. It's all performance measures. I'm going to have to go. I've got your number on my screen. I'll call you back. Don't let her bully you. Oh, 
she tore me to pieces. I, I, I didn't know where to put myself. She did seem a little brisk, and you went very pale. You couldn't see it from where you were. Oh, but she whispered in my ear. What did she say? She said, Brian, why did you let it get personal? And what did you say? I said, Stephanie, you're a goddess in my eyes. I think that's a step too far. I would have told her to watch herself. She knew the eyes of the UK were on me, except Scotland, where it goes out an hour later. She knew I couldn't get on my knees and beg her to love me back. I'm very annoyed with her. I really am. Why does she torture me like this? I'm on national television. There's nothing I can do. I'm impudent. Impotent. You're impotent, Brian. Ooh, Warren didn't like me saying that. He's looked up from his TV quick. I might as well pack it all in. You certainly will not. She wants you to feel bad because she feels bad inside. Trust me. People who suffer want to inflict the same suffering on those closest to them. But why is she suffering? Because she doesn't know how to tell you how she feels about you. She's all a dither. She yearns for you. She does. That's bloody obvious. I mean, look at the way she's frowning so malevolently at you right now. Christ. I've absolutely nothing to show for the quarter of an hour we've been on the phone. How's that going to look? Yes, you have. Like what? Like the apprehension of Clive Spencer, Lacey, Makepeace, Forbes. Take your pick. Right, I'm going to have to recap. You went to school with someone called Clive Spencer. Yep. That's it. That's all you've got. You've called me up and made me tug my bloody ear in front of millions of people and humiliate myself in front of my elaborata. Inamorata. And all because you went to school with someone who had a thing for women coppers. He's not the only one, let's face it. And you don't even know where he lives. I know perfectly well where he lives. He lives at home with his mother in Carsholton. And I still get Christmas cards from Clive's mother. And she says she's fed up with him laying about at home at his age. And she'd sling him out if it wasn't for the fact that he pays her such a huge rent. She says she's no idea where he gets the money from, given that he's never worked a day in his life and spends so much on his shotgun collection... And saw collection. Why didn't you tell me this before? Brian, your heart is breaking. You're in love with a monstrously cruel yet radiantly beautiful woman. You are wounded and you are misunderstood. I'm not just going to sit here and talk about my suspicions about a man I haven't seen for 30 years. But this is crime life, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but I feel we've moved on, don't you think? We're not meant to move on. The thing is, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who ever says this... I've changed my mind. You are the only one who has ever said that. What have you changed your mind about? About Clive Spencer. Everything you said about middle-aged suffering, about the loneliness of a misunderstood man, has made me stay my hand. Let the poor man alone. He's got no one. No one. He's got his mother in Carl Shorten. Yes, but she's teetering on the edge of sanity. Her last card was her prescription folded up with a picture of dog's testicles on it. I don't know what they were because she labelled them. Stop. This has got to end. I'm going to tell Stephanie that I've got a lead and that's that. It's too late. You can't change your mind. Well, she looked very pleased with herself. It's funny how some people grow a foot taller when clasping a clipboard. She was pleased. She told me so. I'll be honest, I bathed in the warmth of it. Did you see her touch me? Oh, that furtive little communion as she walked past your seat. It's been like watching a romantic film, Brian. Really, it has. Dempsey and Makepeace? Of course. There's more than a passing resemblance. If I ever get in touch with Clive Spender again, I'll let him know that I've met the real-life Dempsey and Makepeace. Who? 
Clive Spender from your most wanted board. Spencer. No, it's definitely Spender. It's Clive Spencer. I was at school with him. I should bloody well know. That's it. That's all I've got to show for myself. Half an hour on the switchboard and one conversation about a man who is of no interest to us. Oh, my God. They're going to mention it on the summing up. Don't know, it'll know. She'll know. It'll confirm her suspicions that I'm a... that I'm a... bloody idiot. Nonsense. I'm soft inside. I told you I'm no good. Please don't start that. I can't. I can't. I can't hold it together. I, I, I just can't. What's that? Sorry, sorry. Hang on. Brian, Warren says he knows one of the men on the most wanted board. Shall I put him straight through to you? 